This is the Outreach.fm podcast. Nowadays, sometimes you can look at the world and think, we've gone crazy. Things seem out of control. But remember, God is always in control. Are you looking for something fresh, new, and exciting? This is the Outreach.fm podcast. Taking the positive message of Jesus Christ to the world. Proclaiming he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Broadcasting from the Upper Room Studios to the world. Are you ready? Let's get into it. This is Outreach.fm. And now, here's Pastor William Luffman. If you have your Bibles, uh, we started this on Thursday night. And I want to, we've been doing something on holiness, but the Lord's redirected me. And I'm okay with that. I'm always okay with whatever he wants. Let's go to Philippians chapter 1. Father, we thank you for the word we're about to receive. We receive it with gladness. We give you praise and honor and glory for it in Jesus' name. And all God's people shouted. So here in Ephesians, excuse me, Philippians chapter 1, G-E-P-C, if you're looking for that in the letters, it's an easy way to remember it. Believe it or not, it sounds goofy, but it works. Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians, G-E-P-C. Um... But here in Philippians chapter 1, Paul's in prison. This is called the joyous epistle. By this time he's been in prison, most people think, looking at timelines, at least two years. So it's not like he wrote this like the day after he went to jail. He's been in there a while. And, you know, know, some of us, we get in a trial for a couple of days. We're ready to quit serving God and lose our faith after two days. He's been in there two years. And yet he writes an epistle that they call the joyous epistle epistle. And he says here, down in verse 19, about his predicament, his dilemma, he said, well, I tell you what, go to verse 12 first. But I would you should understand, brethren. He said, I already, now he said, I already know this. And a lot of you are wondering what's going on. Why, why is Paul in prison? He said, well, why would you should understand, brethren, that the things which happened unto me have fallen out rather to the furtherance of the gospel. He said, you know, they put me in here, but now I'm preaching to people I would have never preached to before. And I, I, I'm, God's using me in a way, I, he wouldn't have used me if I was on the outside. How many of you know God can use you where you are right now? Amen. Pastor, I just went through a horrible divorce. I know that. I feel the sting. That's, par, that's terrible. It's dark. It's awful. But did you know God can use you while you're right there? Amen. And then we go down to verse 19, which is our verse. For I know that this, I, I like the fact that he says, I know. I know that this shall turn to my salvation through your prayers and the supply of the Spirit of Jesus Christ. Everyone say the supply. Now we learned this on on Thursday night that the literal Greek here uses some words to express this in a much more uh, superlative way. And it really means, let me read it from the Amplified Classic. Listen to this. He said, I am well assured... I like that phrase. I am well assured and and indeed I know that through your prayers and a bountiful supply of the Spirit of Jesus Christ, this will turn out for my preservation. So there are things you can know in the Spirit that you can never know without the Spirit. There's some things you can know that when you have the supply of the Spirit and you recognize it working, you will not know without the Spirit. There's things that that will happen around, you will become so much more keenly perceptive to your own life once you learn how to tap into the supply of the Spirit because you're no longer just 
dependent on your senses anymore or depending on your intellect. Some of you are very smart. How many of you have at least some kind of college degree? Raise your hands. Wave them real good. Everybody look around. How many of you that have a college degree of some kind speak in other tongues? Wave your hands. Everybody look around. Because see, some people say people speaking tongues are ignorant and it's for the unlearned and it's for the illiterate and it's for people that don't have any intelligence and it's blah, 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 blah. That's a lie from hell. That's a lie from hell. On the other hand, I know a lot of people that have, I have two doctorates. I know some people that have much more than I have, education, degrees, etc. And to be quite honest, their lives are a total wreck and disaster because they don't know even about their own life. But the Spirit will make you smart. I said in the first service this morning, the Spirit will make you wiser than your years. You will know things that people 10 and 20 and 30 years older than you are just now finding out because they're, they're just pushing through the flesh and just living life in the flesh. And the only way you learn in the flesh usually is through making a bunch of terrible mistakes and going through a lot of horrible things. But if you get into the supply of the Spirit, man, you, you can learn some stuff. And you can... I said this morning, there's some things you have to go through, but you know there's a lot of things that God wants you to get over. It's not God's will for you to go through everything. It's, God, it's not God's will for you to go through a divorce. I've been there, but it's not God's will. God wants you to find the right person. The Spirit of God will direct you to the right person. Instead of your senses, instead of you looking for Sally Shortslip or Billy Buttocks. Remember them? We, all, we used to bring them into a lot of our sermons. We haven't had a minute in a while. I think it's time to bring them off the bench just for a minute or two. We've used them in a lot of sermons over the years. Right? But you won't be looking for that. The Spirit of God. I was standing in a meeting, and I know you heard, but in Chattanooga, Tennessee, 1981, totally broken, totally decimated, did not want a woman in my life, had no intention of ever marrying again. And I look over and see this woman standing there, and the Spirit of God said to me, I want you to marry her. Thank God, the Spirit of God. And I was able to hear it. My mama didn't tell me. My sister said when we got married, they're only going to last six months. I'll give them six months. Well, honey, we're getting 40 years in about 13 days. Because if the Spirit gives you something, it'll last. It's not like the flesh. The flesh will give you something and it'll go stale before you know it. Remember, they tried to gather up more manna for extra days. God said, yeah, now you're getting in the flesh and it just rotted on them. But God said, if you trust me in the spirit, I'll give it to you every day. And it'll be fresh every day. Can you shout amen? amen? So the supply of the spirit. God wants us to understand there is a supply for your life. God knows. God knows the family you were born into. God knows your, your physical makeup, your mental makeup, your emotional makeup. He knows everything about you. He created you. Amen. He knows so much more about you than you know about yourself. He is much better suited to show you the best version of yourself and to help you become the best version of yourself. But you will only get there through the supply of the Spirit. You have to really be where the Spirit of God is at or at least welcome the Spirit of God to where you are. Why is it so many Christians fail and they're dismal and they're depressed and they're, they're just like everybody else? I see them on Facebook. I saw person at all oh, the, the hurricanes hitting and my family's there. I hope they don't all die. And I hope they don't. And they just, and, and these are Christians. I'm like, Jesus, where is your faith? 
Because see, they're all moved by the flesh. Are you listening to me? Because if you don't have the power of God, when storms come, you'll get in the flesh. And let me tell you something. Most storms that you face, your flesh are no match for. But man, if you know how to tap into the spirit, you can be calm all the way through it. Just walk right on through. Jesus was so calm when that storm was out there on the lake, he was snoring. They're out there bailing water off, off the bow of the ship because there's so much water coming in and he's back there. The Bible didn't say he woke up. It said they awoke him. He was going to sleep that storm right on out. So I said, well, what would have happened if the ship would have gotten full and it would have fallen over? Jesus would have floated right to the other side. And he walked out there and he didn't say what he saw. He didn't say anything of the flesh. He walked out there, looked at the storm, and he didn't go, oh, what a storm. No, he walked out there and said, peace. He spoke what he wanted. Peace, be still. And the Bible says there was a great calm. It didn't say it took a while for everything to kind of, you know, finally, finally. Can you shout amen? Don't turn there, but in Luke 4 and 1, the Bible says Jesus was led of the Spirit. And in John 1, 29 through 36, I'm going to try to condense my time here. I want to get some stuff in that I couldn't get in in the last service. I want to tell you what it says rather than go there. But the Bible says that John the Baptist, when Jesus was being baptized there in the River Jordan, I have been baptized in the River Jordan and I baptize people in the River Jordan. It's an incredible experience. And when Jesus was being baptized in the River Jordan, the Bible says that this is what John saw. He saw the Spirit descending from heaven like a dove. Listen to this. He saw into the Spirit. Now, it didn't say that everybody else saw it. It didn't say that anybody else said, oh, wait. no, no, no. It said John saw it. See, they're, and everybody out there, they're around the riverbank and they're all watching Jesus being baptized. But there's one person that could see into the Spirit. Amen. See, God wants you to see things that your neighbor doesn't see. Amen. God wants you to experience things that your neighbor doesn't experience. You may live on the same block, but oh boy, there's some difference about you and the rest of the houses. Yes, sir. Amen. When there was darkness in Egypt, there was light in Goshen. When the death angel came through and swept through the land there and all the firstborn were dying, they got to their houses and they had put that blood over their head and it just went just like this and went right over the top of it. Now I want you, you need, to, you need to look at that, not right now, but I want you, it said John, he said, I saw. John was able to see into the spirit. God wants us to have, we should be having spiritual experiences. The reason we don't is because we don't preach it enough. Therefore, we don't have faith for it. So we always read these stories as if, oh yeah, Elijah had a vision and, and you know, uh, Jesus had a vision and Paul had a vision, but you know, I'll never have it. Well, why not? In the last days, I'll pour out my spirit on all flesh. Even the old men get to dream dreams. That's not me because I'm not old. I don't have dreams. I'm a young man. I have visions. Praise God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Now, think about this. Jesus was led by the Spirit. John saw into the Spirit. Are you hearing what I'm saying here? 
These spiritual experiences ought to be happening to God's people. When you come to the house of God, there should be spiritual things going on. We should never walk out going, oh, oh that's somebody. No, no, no. We ought to be praise God, man. She got it today. Can you shout amen? Now, I want to try to condense some things here. We know in Acts 2 that they all went into the upper room and they waited. Jesus said, wait until you be endued. It's an interesting word. You be endued with power from on high. He said, up to now, you've known some stuff and you've had some flesh experiences. You've even, you've seen some stuff, but wait till you see what's coming. Jesus told them in the book of John, he said, I only do what I see the father do and that's what I do. How could he do that? He wasn't in heaven. But see, he could see into the spirit. Are are you here? And and then he talks about, he said, and it's expedient for you that I go away because if I don't go away, you won't get the comforter. But if I go away, he'll come and he'll do a couple of things. Number one, he'll teach you things. Now, what's he going to teach you? He's going to teach you about every, you're going to get smarter in every area of your life. I never had a father. My father was a louse. I had no examples. I had no illustrations. I had no, nothing to draw out of as a young man, as a young boy. I felt really, all the other kids in school would talk about their dads taking them to fish and their dads taking them to hunt and their dads taking them to a ball game. And, and I had none of those experiences as a little boy. So how in the world, when I grow up and I start a family, how in the world am I going to know anything at all about what a father's like? Well, I tell you how, I was in this book and I walked with God and God showed me. The Spirit of God has come to show us things. He says he'll show, and here's another thing. He says he'll show you things to come. Let me tell you something, Google can't do that. Well, I'll just Google it. Well, go right ahead. Google what your next move in life is because he can't tell you. Google only knows what's already been. But the Holy Spirit can show you things to come. We ought to be getting more in the Spirit than getting on Google for information. We put more dependence on Google and the search engine than we do on God. It's okay if you're researching and looking up something, but honey, if you want to find out who you need to marry, what you need to do next, where you need to go in the next big decision in your life, you better know how to get over in the spirit. Because if you don't, you'll do what we've all done. You'll make a big old mess. Look at your neighbor and say, you'll make a stink. I didn't say that they stink. I just said... Can you shout amen? Amen. So the supply, listen to this. I wanted to say it this morning, never had time. Why? So the supply of the spirit, the Bible says be being filled with the spirit. And it says, don't be drunk with wine. In other words, don't look to the world to give you peace. Don't go get drunk if you want to get some peace. Don't go get drunk if you want to have some fun. Don't go get drunk if you're going to have some joy. It says, don't do that. It says, be filled with the spirit. Well, I'm just having some wine with the girls. Yeah, I'd like to just, and just tell me about how wonderful everybody's life is in your circle right now. I'm not afraid to say it, even if DJs don't play it. That's my rap for today. But I'm not WRAP wrapping up. Amen. And you have to be pretty direct about this. The Bible says we should be being filled with the Spirit. Why? Listen to this. Why is it we, be being means it should constantly be happening. Why? Because the Spirit is given to you to spend. 
oh, that's a big statement and you just grunted right there like you didn't hear anything. God gives you the Holy Spirit to spend, not to just keep and just sit there. I'm filled with the Holy Spirit. 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 God gives it to you to spend. Amen. Spend it on your life. Spend it on your family. Spend it on people around you. If you're full of the Spirit, let that Spirit, let, let, start spending the Spirit. Spend that because when you do, guess what happens? The more you spend, the more God keeps doing this. Oh, we got to just sit The more you spend, here's how it goes. It's like this. This is you spending it. This is God filling it right back up. You're not, you're not supposed to store it up. You're not supposed to just brag about, I'm, filled, I'm sanctified and filled with the Holy Ghost. Well, that's a wonderful thing, and that's praise God for it. But you ought to be spending it. Amen. Spending it on, prayer, on your prayer time. Spending it on people around you. Listening to God. Walking with God. Can you shout amen? amen. Now, i got to get in the book of Acts. i got to move along here. we got some stuff to do here. So go to... Uh, Acts chapter 10. We read this the other night, but I'm going to get some new stuff in just a minute. GP, are you with me? The white people don't know what you said, but I do. Acts chapter 10 and verse 19. Peter is having this vision. Now, Peter, Peter was, uh, there was a problem with Peter there for a while in the church. Peter wasn't sure about this Gentile thing. He wasn't all in favor of the message going to the Gentiles. He thought it was exclusive to the Jewish people and he wasn't all that excited because after all the Gentiles weren't circumcised and he made a big deal out of it and he wasn't so sure about whether the message should go to the whole world yet. He hadn't really gotten that down yet. But he had a vision and God spoke to him. And we know the man named Cornelius and so on and so forth. And verse 19, And while Peter thought on the vision that he had, listen to this, the Spirit said to him, Behold, three men seek you, arise therefore, go and go with them, doubting not, for I have sent them. So I want you to notice this. Now, now, did it say that his friends spoke to him? No. Did it say his pastor spoke to him? No. What did it say happened? It said the Spirit spoke to him. Yeah. We ought to have, this, this ought to be something that happens every day. When we say the Lord said to me, I know people think we're crazy. Those people think that God spoke to them. Well, you know what? I'd be really suspicious if anybody calls himself a Christian that has never heard God speak to them. I just would. I'd be a little leery because here's what I found out about God. He's a talker. And then he gave the nine gifts of the Spirit and almost all of them have an audible quality to them. Right? So... Uh, the Spirit spoke. That's an interesting phrase here. So Peter would have continued going the way he was going except the Spirit of God spoke to him and told him what was really truth. And he had to do a reset. Can you say amen? amen. Now, in Acts, and I'll tell you what, go down to verse, we're in the same chapter, uh, verse 30 and Cornelius said four days ago I was fasting to this hour and at the ninth hour I prayed in my house and behold a man stood before me in bright clothing said Cornelius your prayers heard so here's Cornelius another man who's praying and, and all of a sudden an angel appears to him did you know that we should be having spiritual experiences I said we should be having spiritual experiences now go back to Acts chapter 6 this is new stuff I want to show you something here if you love the Lord, shout amen. amen. Say the supply of the Spirit. But remember, it's to be spent. The only way you'll have greater spiritual experiences is if you spend the ones you've had. Amen. How, how many of you know of people that will say, I was born again in 1965. 
I was at that altar and I got born again right there. Now, I like the way they say born. They put B-O-R-N-E-D. I've been born again. Right? But if you look at their life, nothing's happened since 1965. They're trying to live off the fumes of something that happened, you know. What would that be, 57 years ago? I mean, that's a pretty good little stretch of time right there. Amen? Now, notice this. The church is really growing. The new church is growing fast. And in those days when the number of the disciples was multiplied, there rose a murmuring, don't you always know what happens, of the Grecians against the Hebrews because their widows were neglected. Well, they're waiting on them and they're not waiting on them. And they were all fussing because they want to be waiting on them. Then the, 12 disciples called the then the twelve called the multitude of the disciples unto them and said, it is not reason that we should leave the word of God and serve tables. So there was a, a hierarchy of leadership. They said, you know, we could go down there and serve these widows, but you know, God's given us a different responsibility. We need to find someone else to, to help us, right? Now, wherefore, brethren, listen to this, look you out among you seven men of honest report, full of the Holy Ghost. Everyone say, full of the Holy Ghost. And wisdom. Oh, that's a big deal right there. Because wisdom comes from the supply of the Spirit. When you tap into the Spirit, again, I said it earlier, you become wise. So he said, the Holy Ghost and wisdom, stick with me because I'm going somewhere, I promise. Uh, whom we may appoint over this business, but we will give ourselves continually to prayer and to the mystery of the Word. And the same please the whole multitude, and they chose, it's an important list here, they chose Stephen, a man full of faith and of the Holy Ghost, and Philip, right? Procur Procurus, Nicanor, Timon, Parmenas, and Nicholas, a proselyte of Antioch, right? And whom they, when they had put the, set their hands on the apostles, they laid hands on them, and the word of God increased, and the number of disciples multiplied, and so on and so forth. And so there's a group that gets anointed here. And it's really interesting what happens. We could follow all of them, but I only want us to follow Philip. Go to chapter 8 of Acts. Now everyone say Philip was full. Remember the Bible says be being filled. So we, every time you come to church, it can happen at home. It can happen in your car. It can happen anywhere. But church is the main filling station. This is where you come to get filled. That's why you want to be where, where the Spirit is. You don't want to be where they're just having some cute little stuff and it was fun and I saw my friend and we waved at each other, uh, you know, right? No, you, you come somewhere where the power of God is. So listen, if I don't see my friend, it doesn't really matter as long as I get full of the Spirit. Right? Now, in Acts chapter 8, uh, this is a story of a man named Philip. Verse 5. Then Philip, remember, everyone say he was full. He was full. Philip went down to the city of Samaria and preached Christ to them. This was a big deal. The Samaritans were finally getting included. Remember, they were the outcasts. And he's preaching the gospel to them. And the people with one accord gave heed to those things which Philip spake. Listen to this though. Hearing and seeing the miracles. Not just hearing about the miracles, but seeing the miracles. See, it's not enough to come to church and hear about what God used to do. We need to come and see what God is doing. Hearing and seeing the miracles, which he did. For unclean spirits, crying with a loud voice, came out of many that were possessed with them, 
and many taken with palsies and that were lame were healed. That should be a common occurrence, those kind of things in a place where people are full of the Spirit. And if you go in a place that's not happening, well, then people aren't full. Because that's the Bible. And there was great joy in the city. Now, we could read the rest of the story, but go down to verse 26. So Philip is having the time of his life. He is enjoying ministry. God is using him. Remember, for a while, hear this, this is important. For a while, even though Philip was full of the Holy Ghost and he was a man, he was waiting tables. For a while, he had to just go out there and and these people were pretty mean because they were fighting over who's going to get served. And here's a man who's full of the Holy Ghost, full of power. Guess what you get to do? Go clean the dishes, be a dishwasher, meet those people's needs, take them to meals. But because he was faithful, because he was faithful, his time came. And look, verse 26. And the angel of the Lord spake unto Philip. Who spoke to Philip? The angel of the Lord. Oh, so it wasn't a man. Wasn't a pastor. Wasn't one of the other disciples. Wasn't a human being. But because Philip is full of the Holy Ghost, an angel actually talks to him. Are you catching this? The supply of the Spirit here. And here's what, this, here's what this angel did not say. Let me tell you what he did not say. Philip, you're on a roll. Son, your ministry's on fire. You're getting people healed left and right. The crowds are growing. We're going to expand your base and put you in a bigger place among a whole lot more people. Because after all, buddy, you got it. So I'm, we're going to sit you in a high place where more people will see you and hear you. And I tell you what, your ministry's going to the next level. And the angel of the Lord spake to Philip, saying, Arise and go towards the south to the way that goes down from Jerusalem into Gaza. Go to the desert. Oh, my goodness. Now, see, flesh, if he's a guy walking in the flesh, he'll never hear this. You'll never hear this word. That couldn't be God. And he arose and went, and behold, a man of Ethiopia, a eunuch of great authority, under Candace, queen of Ethiopians, who had the charge of all her treasure. This is a high-ranking man. He comes and has an encounter with this high-ranking man, of uh, this Ethiopian man of the queens. And notice this, though. He had come to Jerusalem to worship. Now, would Philip have known that had he not been full of the Spirit? No, he'd have stayed where he was and kept having meetings because people were getting touched and people were getting healed and he would have stayed there. But the Spirit said, nope, 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 move. Through through an angel, move. I want you to go over here. And at just the right time, that coincidentally, well, you have a lot of those when you're walking in the Spirit. Listen to this. Uh, Was returning and he was sitting in his chariot and he was reading Isaiah. He had gotten hold of some scrolls and he was reading the book of Isaiah. This man from a foreign land. And uh, then the Spirit, look at verse 29, what does it say? Who who spoke to Philip? Here we go again. Here's the Spirit talking. Some Christians have never had the Spirit of God. Well, let me me say this differently. Some people have never perceived the Spirit of God talking to them. The Spirit of God has spoken to them, they just haven't heard it. Remember again the time that when God said, this is my beloved Son, in whom I'm well pleased, and a lot of people said, man, it's thundering out here. That was the voice of God, and they didn't even know it. A lot of Christians just like it, and that's why it's important where you go to church. 
That's why it's important where you go somewhere where they talk about spiritual things, where they don't mind the Spirit of God showing up. I'm not embarrassed by it. I brought my best friend, and somebody came up there and did the chicken. And then a couple of people fell out. Oh my God, they'll never come back to church. Well, they will if they're in trouble. Because they go to some of these mamsy-pamsy churches where all they do is some cute little stuff and you walk out and nothing happened. They'll finally, if they get desperate enough, they'll go somewhere where they believe there's some power. And let me tell you something. This world's about to get desperate. And some of these places where there's no power are going to start losing people because people are going to be, I want more. I can get that down at the club. I can get that down at the civic auditorium. I can go be part of a civic group and get all that. Then the Spirit said to Philip, I love that. The Spirit said to Philip, what is the Spirit saying to you? The Spirit of God will speak to you. You need to every day say, Spirit of God, Father, the Holy Spirit, if you want Him to say, I'm open to hear today. One day I was getting ready to go to work. It was many years ago and I was getting ready to go to work and I went out the door and... um, uh, this is, it's happened more than once, but one time we were, it was after we were married, this particular, he said, I was getting ready to go out the door and I was in a hurry. And I heard the Lord say, stop, because I'm always in a hurry, if you know me. <laughs> My wife's shaking her head, she knows. I'm always in a hurry, because I've got a li- I make a list every day, and, and I, I intentionally add more than I can get to, because I'm a competitor. And I want to see how many things I can knock out. She said it aggravates the, aggravates the snuff out of her. That's my wife for you. <laughs> It's a southern saying. She doesn't, she doesn't dip. Praise God. <laughs> Amen. I just want to clarify that so you heard that. My, my grandma dipped snuff. Dear God. Nasty stuff. Anyway. Um, I went back in the, and the Lord said, go back in the house. And I went back in and he told me, and she'd already gone to work and her, granny was the only one at the house. The kids had gone to school. And the Lord said, go in and sit on the couch. Now for somebody like me, that's tough. Because I'm there like, because I'm going, here's what I'm doing. And then Paul, I went and got Paul and picked him up. Uh, I think Paul had moved out then into his own apartment. And I picked him up. Anyway, we headed out to the job. And we were headed out to the job. And we got, we were about two miles from the job out on the north side of town. And we looked and there was a horrible wreck on this road that we were traveling. I mean, and somebody had died. And the road had been blocked off now. And there you could see it. And it was, it was horrifying to look at. And that's when it hit me. Man, that would have been me. But thank goodness I could hear from the Spirit. See, everybody wants to blame God when something bad happens. But I promise you, listen to this very carefully. Don't ever forget that that you heard it said. There's never been a tragedy hit any person on planet Earth that they weren't warned before, whether they knew it or not. The problem was they weren't spiritual enough to hear from God and perceive it, so they blew right on through in the flesh, and there you go. And then who gets the blame? Why did God do this? Why God? And the whole time, the Spirit was trying to tell them. We see it all in the Bible, the Spirit warning people. Paul tried to warn them when they finally took him prisoner and took him on that ship. Listen, if we go, we're in danger. Better not go. Well, we're going. We're, we're seamen. You don't know anything about it. And finally, the, 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 the whole boat got blown apart. If it hadn't been for Paul on board, they'd probably all drown. That's why you need to be running with people that know how to walk in the Spirit. If you keep hanging around your flesh friends, you're going to get flesh results. And I know misery loves company. Oh, you know. Gloom, despair, and agony on me. I get it. Pastor, being rough today. Amen. Amen. Walk into this. Okay, I've got to read this. And Philip 
ran thither to him and heard him read the prophet. Now, if we were to go through the rest of this, Philip begins to show him. He didn't understand what he read. Philip reads it to him, interprets it, tells him the story of Christ, gets him born again. They're in the middle of the desert, and wouldn't you know it, it just so happened there was some water there. I've been to where the deserts are. How many of you been into the deserts? If it hasn't rained lately, it's kind of hard to find water. And they find water. He baptizes him, and as he baptizes him, he comes up out of the water, and the Bible says as the man's coming up out of the water, he's teleported. And it's an amazing thing. Philip gets teleported 20 miles down the road. All of that happened because he was full of the Spirit. I want that, man. I want a teleportation. I, God, teleport me. Come on. You know. I've been around some people before like, oh, God, please get me out of here. You've been around some people before and they're talking. You're thinking, oh, God. In your mind, you're thinking, deliver me. Rapture, please come now. Now, we're going to close in Acts 21. This is a powerful set of verses we're about to read. Let me set it up as, as we close. Everyone say Philip. Because we're still talking about Philip here. Because people forget about Philip. They think that's the last story, but it's not. Don't, don't read ahead. Stay with me so I can set it up for you. Because some of you, I'm going to look. Okay, just stay with, stay with me a minute. So Philip, we're learning. Here's a man who's full of the Holy Ghost. For a while, we don't know how long, all he does is wash dishes and wait tables. But we never heard him murmur and we never heard him complain while he was waiting on tables. So a couple of chapters later, all of a sudden, he gets launched into his ministry, goes into Samaria. We read the story. People are getting healed. The masses are getting, demons are coming out and unclean spirits are coming out and people that have palsies, which no one could cure in that day. There was not a medical, there was no one on planet earth who knew anything at all about how to deal with it. And they were getting healed. And just think about it, all those people that, that were crippled were getting up and walking around. Because one man was full of the Spirit. He knew about the supply of the Spirit. Then we go and we find that in the middle of the height of his revival, God, by the Spirit of God, sends him down into a desert. Why? To one man. He goes from having multitudes to having one. But he's an important man. What do you think that man did when he went back to Ethiopia? Because the queen said, I want you to go find out what's going on there. And what's this thing here about they're talking about this Christ? And go find out. And he goes back and some people think historians say that they traced it back that there was a revival in the African nations during that time and they believe it was all traced back to Philip's obedience because he heard from the Spirit. But let me show you one last thing here. Here's the great thing. Here's what I love about serving God. When you listen to the Spirit and when you follow it and you do what He tells you to do and you you. Spend the Holy... Remember, don't ever forget, I said, you need to spend the Holy Ghost. When you spend Him on other people, and you spend Him on those around you, God always rewards those who follow the Spirit. And it finally comes... That was all great. That was all ministry stuff. But He eventually rewards you personally. Amen. Amen. Look at verse 8. This is the verses I wanted you to see because it will really pertain to you. Verse 8. And the next day, we that were of Paul's company departed and came to Caesarea, and we entered into the house of Philip, same Philip, the evangelist, which was one of the seven, remember, that was called out as deacons, and abode with him. And the same man had four daughters, virgins, which did prophesy. Amen. 
Philip's family wound up serving God and these young ladies, his daughters, became prophetesses. Hallelujah. Can you see that? Because she, he followed the supply of the Spirit. Once we get over and quit trying to solve the issues of our lives with our flesh, and we get over in the Spirit, God will sweep our children in, sweep our children into the kingdom, bring our children into the kingdom. My God in heaven, they're coming in! Your children, the Bible says in the last days I'll pour my spirit on all flesh and your sons and your daughters will do what? Acts 21 verse 8 right there we saw it. They come, Paul comes by the house and Philip has four beautiful daughters. They haven't been with anybody yet. They're great young ladies and they're not just young ladies. They are prophetesses. Man, when we learn how to flow in the supply of the Spirit, my God, what God will do for us. You've been listening to the Outreach.fm podcast with your host, Pastor William Luffman. We hope you've gotten some inspiration from this show. We enjoyed bringing it to you. We'll be back soon. But in the meantime, reach out online. Find our website at faithoutreach.org. The streaming platform is livestreamchurch.com. Get an inspirational shot at adoseofhope.com. You've been listening to Outreach.fm. And remember, no matter what the weather may seem like in your life, the sun's going to shine again.